2021 saw all sorts of insurance changes in the state of Florida and 2022 will be the same. So today I brought back Maria Rodriguez, our favorite insurance expert, to help explain what happened this year and what's going to happen in 2022. Hi, Maria. Thank you so much for joining us. For all of you guys who didn't watch Maria's first video, it'll be linked up here too. Maria Rodriguez is an insurance expert who works here locally in Tampa at Rip Wector Insurance Agency. We will have all of her contact information below. So Maria, let's just jump right into it and talk about the flood changes that happened in 2021. October 1st, 2021, the methodology was changed, something that had not been done since the 1970s. Why? Well, because now we have more technology. They could measure the catastrophic effects where they didn't have the capability back in the 1970s. And FEMA paid out $96 billion since 1970s, but they only collected 60 billion. So something had to give. The changes had to happen because it it's not gonna be sustainable. That makes sense. So what they did one of the things they've done is flood zones don't matter as much. So the flood zones that we've been familiar with, the X, AE, all of those things, they don't matter as much. As much. They're not going to go away because the lenders are still going to use them. Okay. And for in different cases, they will still be used. But you could call me with an address and I should be able to turn around a quote, if not instantly, within 24, 48 hours, because a lot of the properties have to be manually checked because the flood zones have changed. Okay, so things have changed. And were homeowners notified of changes? Yes, FEMA okay. started mailing out uh, notifications via the US mail, snail mail. A lot of people never opened them. What I'm finding is when people are listing their homes, they're like, I'm not in a flood zone. And when you call me and you see, and I, I pull it, and sure enough, it was changed. If the homeowner does not have a flood policy, they could obtain one, but it's going to be at the today's rate, 2.0. That's the name of the system. 2.0, okay. 2.0. If they have one in place, it's only gonna go up 18%, supposed to be capped 18%, unless more fees and taxes are added every year until it gets to the rate of the true risk that property has. That was a lot of a information lot. for know. all of you guys, which is why Maria is here and which is why it's just easier to call her whenever. Absolutely. But we're gonna dig through that a little mm -hmm. bit because there mm -hmm. were some really important things in there. You talked about an increase in flood cost. Yes. So that's always alarming when people hear. Now, obviously we know it needed to increase a little bit to make up for that deficiency, but what does that mean every day for someone who might be moving to Florida? When, if they're going to buy a property in Florida from day one, the day of closing, they'll know their flood rate because it's a new purchase. So at the time of new purchase, it's going to go to the rate of the new methodology. Okay. Are you talking about $15,000 flood policies? I have not seen that. Okay. I've seen a couple of thousand, but it's they're basing it on the nearest risk to flood each property, whereas before it was the elevation certificate and we could still use them, Okay, but we don't need to use them. Depending on the house, the year built, I would say it's a good idea to try and lower that rate. I have seen it, especially mm -hmm. in the newer construction, but it's not something that is needed. Before I used to have to wait for an elevation certificate and it's not done till the survey. 
Right, which is the very end. It's the very end. It's, it's, it would always make me a little nervous. Yes, me too. Before we scare everybody, what do you see is kind of the average flood price for someone that's buying something in, not on the beach, but like in a normal suburban neighborhood here in Tampa? If it's new construction, I'm seeing about 700 but I've a seen year. a year, um, but I've seen as low as 300. Let's say uh, an, an AE zone, I've seen as high as 5,000, 10,000. Okay. No, I haven't even seen 10,000. I think the most I've seen is about 6,000. Okay. So, um, and I have actually had a client with, with around a $6,000 flood insurance bill because of the elevation, the year that it was built. Mm -hmm. That's important. So even though they've gone up, we're still not at a point where, you know, if you're seeing headlines of crazy flood insurance, that's not what we're seeing on I'm a not seeing normal that. basis it's, right. here still. And I, and I do work in Pinellas, Pasco, Hillsboro. So no, that's not my experience. Uh, I'm sure they're out there. Right. But we're surrounded by water. Is there a difference between a primary home and a yes. secondary home or an investment home? Yes. We have a lot of people moving here from out of state. Yes. And a lot of people are buying investment properties and they're turning them into Airbnbs, which is very profitable, especially in the Tampa Bay area. Mm -hmm. But FEMA surcharges you. So the more information that the client could give me right at the beginning. We like to underwrite, at, uh, we don't like surprises. We like to underwrite it so that they know as much as we can give them, but they, there will be a big difference. Um, they're surcharged with fees and taxes if it's a secondary or any kind of an investment property. So with flood, the way that I, as a real estate agent, used to, to do it was we would have an elevation certificate. You would then be able to quote it. So now everything is a little bit different from that process, which in a way is almost easier because, it's again, easier. we're not waiting for the elevation exactly. certificate. So right at the beginning, whenever you're interested in a house and you get a house under contract, we have to contact you yes to get all of that information. If you, if you send me an address and tell me... And I, just reach out to me and then I'll send you a list of questions. Right. And from there, I could determine how this has to be quoted. And I could turn around and quote fairly quickly on the flood. The homeowners takes a little more time because we deal with so many underwriting guidelines, inspections, things like that. Right, right. But the flood, that's really the only way you're going to know for right. sure. Right, right. So if I could wrap up flood, there's been a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. I know you and I have had a lot of conversations about flood insurance because it changed so quickly. It was almost like it was almost like we were all trying to figure out what was going on, which is crazy that it would that it would overnight. be that way overnight. <laughs> yeah, um, but we have a, a grasp on it now. And for anybody that's looking to move to Florida, we just have to make sure that we're looking at it early on in the early contract. on early, early on. on. This so way you know, know what you're dealing with, right? You yeah. know coming in, right? But it's part of the Florida life. If you want to live on the beach, well. It, the water's there. <laughs> yeah, it's there. I mean, we're surrounded by water, so it's really hard to which get away we love. from it. Yes, which is the, the benefit of living here. So one of the other uh, dramatic things that happened in 2021 is all of a sudden roofs that were perfectly fine before are all of a sudden not fine. <laughs> so explain what happened with insurance and roofs, because this has been a tough one. It is a tough one. After so many fraudulent roof claims were put in and the insurance companies paid out thousands and they replaced thousands of roof. They, they said, okay, enough. So they 
asked for permission to change the underwriting guidelines. And most of my companies went to 10 years or newer on the roof. If it's a, a tile roof, 20 years. Which is crazy because a roof here will last, you know, upwards of 20, 20 years. years. 20, I, I've seen good roofs at 22, but can't insure Exactly, so, okay, so if you can't insure them, and the roof doesn't need to be replaced, then what do we do? Let me correct myself. I could insure them okay. if you get a roof certification stating that that roof has five plus years left in it. Okay. And then I could go to my underwriters, get approval, make sure that the rest of that four point is fine, and then write a policy. But that buyer needs to understand that they're gonna have to address that roof. So what if the seller will not replace the roof it only has four years left. Are there any options for insurance to just get it closed with the lender? Depends on the on county. What I used to have Lloyd's of London, mm -hmm. but right now uh, in Hillsborough, they're closed. Okay, well, hopefully they open up a little in Ho 2022. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, in fact, and then it's hit or miss. I have to call, like today I called my underwriter that I just got one through last month, and she said, nope. I'm totally shut down in Hillsboro. So, and now I'm waiting for another source. So I have uh, different sources. I've, I've been doing this for 20 years. So right. I have different sources. I go to all of them because you never know when, you know, there's like a little crack that right. you could squeeze through. But if not, there's nothing I can do. Which, I mean, it just, it's mind boggling. And this is one of the things that feels like such a knee jerk reaction from insurance companies, but we knew it was coming. We talked about it in the last video because we knew of all the right. roof fraud. The same thing happened years ago with sinkhole fraud. Exactly. And now no one can get sinkhole coverage, but yet lenders still want the entire house to be insured. Yep. So you have buyers trying to buy houses, sellers that don't want to pay for roofs because they don't need to, which puts the advantage on cash buyers, which has been one of the problems that we've had all year mm -hmm. for regular buyers who have to get loans like normal yep. people. <laughs> they swoop in with the cash and then it's, they replace the roof and then they could get any you know, insurance yeah, company. I mean, I guess it's them. great for roofers. They're busy. They're very and busy. And inspectors are very busy. Yes. Very busy. Yeah. So from my perspective, having um, to get somebody out there with um, to do a roof certification is uh, an extra step mm -hmm. on a yes. roof that doesn't need to be recertified because it's only 11 years old. Exactly. Um, so that's another thing to keep in mind. Another really good reason to remind you to use a real estate agent. When we see that the roof is 11, 12 years old, we go to Citizens right now, Citizens Property Insurance, which is the state of Florida provider insurance company, but they're extremely strict and right. they want, they, they don't play. And they're going back to, you know, you just need a lot more underwriting with them, which is fine. Right. We do it all, all day long. Well, I had read that Citizens is going to start requiring four point inspections for anything 20 years or uh, older. Yeah. I did, I read my You're email. Right. <laughs> I yes. read my email that was because it was always one of those things between 20 and 25 years, you know, it, it's always that gray area yes. of if we need a four point or not. And now start, right? So now we just need to get just four get points. It. <laughs> Which I would think that your buyers are getting the four points because it's something that 
it just checks the bones of the house. Really. Well, it does, but I mean, a four-point inspection really is something that the general inspection is addressing anyway. It's yeah. just a different form of it. What becomes difficult from a buyer's perspective is in the seller's market that we're in right now, a seller doesn't want to do any repairs, even the four-point repairs that are minor, especially the minor four-point repairs. So if you have a buyer, again, that's financing, that has to get insurance and thus have to has a, have a four-point clean report, you're at a disadvantage from anybody who is a cash buyer. cash buyer. So it's a really difficult position for normal buyers to be in. It's a lot to navigate mm -hmm. in this day and age. So not only do you have the seller's market, but you have all these other things with insurance going on too that make it very difficult. New construction, that's why it's so popular. Yes, yes it is. Yes, yes, it is. But it's it's the new normal for I now anyway. I would like anyway. for you to solve all those problems for I, me, Maria. I stay up at night. <laughs> I would like you to redo the insurance world if I you could do that for me. I stay up at night trying to think of ways. I know, to help buyers. I know. It so is. If, if I could give you tools, mm -hmm. that's all I can do. Give you information because I know you guys are pounding the pavement out there. And yes. do, like, what? Yeah, yeah. What is going on? 10 years? 10 years for roofs? I know. It's. It's really crazy, but um, your accessibility is one of the things that, that I enjoy most about you um, because I can get questions answered all the time, which, sorry for all the texts and no, emails and phone okay. calls. No, it's okay. It's all right. That's what we're there for. I have a beautiful staff, and they're wonderful, and we know that, you know, it right. takes a village. It definitely does, especially in this market. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the changes in 2021, the flood, the roofs. We know those are gonna to continue to be challenges going into 2022. So we wanted to put it on everybody's radar. Is there anything else coming up that you think people should know for 2022? My hope, uh, and, and we don't know, is that maybe the, the prices will stabilize okay. for homeowners. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, but we've had such rate increases this year from because they finally, you know, with all the hurricane claims, we're going back to 17, 18, and 19. That's where all 2017, these- 2017, 18, 19 are finally hitting our premiums exactly. now. Exactly. Gotcha. So I'm hoping that they'll level out. I don't know, but, right. uh, and then and we'll just master these underwriting. I mean, that's all we can do. Um, and coming to Florida, you when you live here, it's like, like if you move to Kansas or Oklahoma, you know there's a risk. So the proper insurance is essential. I'm hoping 22 things will stabilize a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it has been a little chaotic in the insurance world yeah. in 2021. I mean, on top of all the other things, um, I hope it stabilizes as well. And um, for all of you guys who are concerned about moving to Florida and all of these things, I know it sounds really scary. Um, these are risks that we've had forever in forever. Florida. Mm -hmm. And just trying to talk about it and, and have you understand the risks and the changes are really what we want to do here today. But that's why you have sources like Maria who mm -hmm. can quote you right. um, on certain things. Exactly. So and they make an informed decision to move here. Exactly. So <laughs> we know a lot of people are inform or making that decision oh to move goodness. here. Yeah. Okay, so Maria, explain just general house insurance, homeowners insurance 101. What should people moving to Florida really focus on when talking to you about their homeowners insurance policy? First and foremost, I want them to be full disclosure let me know what's going to happen in that house. Is it going to be a primary, secondary? Are you going to Airbnb a portion? The more information I know, the better insured I could make you. Are you going to put solar panels on? Uh, we need to know that so that we provide the proper coverage for it. 
-hmm. Not every insurance company will provide solar panel coverage. And some will provide it, but they exclude the liability from it. Okay. And you think, well, what liability can happen? Well, if there's a windstorm and one goes flying and somebody doesn't duck and gets killed. <laughs> we really have to think of everything, <laughs> don't we? Goodness. <laughs> there, there's the liability portion of it. Okay. Uh, also, if you're going to get a golf cart, which so many people have around so many here, because so have. many of the neighborhoods are are made for that. I need a little phone call or a little email and say, "Hey, Maria, pets, um, pets, absolutely pets." Okay, so pets. Uh, yes, and then I need to know the breed. Don't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> if it's a pit bull, tell me it's a pit bull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what happens if somebody does? lie and then something happens they deny the claim they deny the claim so that that costs you a lot more money in the end at the end um, right. so one thing that i always get asked about when people are coming from other states and they're used to the big name insurance companies that they have in other states we don't have those same insurance companies here so people look at the insurance companies that we do have and they think that they aren't as good so explain that so people know what they're going to expect. Years ago, I called them the big boys, the nationwides, the all states. They, they didn't want to play in Florida anymore, and they left except for the vehicle insurance. Okay. Then they started all these smaller companies that wouldn't affect their entire book of business if something, if a catastrophic event happened. They're wonderful companies. I've, I've not had any problems. Um, we only like to work with good companies, either admitted companies or companies that have history of good uh, service to our clients. Because when we have a claim situation, I want to make sure they're taken care of. Right. Uh, and anybody, when somebody gives you a quote, you can ask for the company information and rating. Um, the rating, which is important. Rating is important. And that's why there's so many other companies here that you won't find in New Jersey or New York or Chicago, even though their catastrophic uh, record's not great either. Right. So, but that's the reason we have all these smaller companies here, newer companies, but we have excellent companies. So in it's Florida. not something to be afraid of. It's just not at something all. that's different. Not okay. at all. And I know people feel apprehensive mm -hmm. of dealing with, oh, I've never heard of this company. And then that's where my job is to show you. Right. And these are my options. And this one has a little more financial stability than this one. And but it's, you know, it's a thousand dollars more. And some people say, I want that one. Yes, of course. I so mean, it's it's the consumer's choice, which is a beautiful thing. We have choice. Right. Right. Hopefully we have some choice. Yes. <laughs> Depends on the age of the roof. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Maybe we don't have choice. That's a big one that, that kept coming up. So um, whenever the other thing that we talk about a lot when um, talking to clients when they're buying houses is other items to insure. So pools and pool screens and things like that tend mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. be a big part mm -hmm. of the conversation as well. Talk a little bit about that. Pool, especially now with the, the constructions and the delays, I know that pools are being put in the back burners by a lot of people, but let's say that they're in the home and you decide to insure the pool. Like, I should be everybody's best friend. You just call me or email me <laughs> and say, hey, Maria, we're going to add a pool. And then I'm going to ask you to send me the details. We're going to add it to the policy. And then if there's a screen enclosure, we like to endorse it for the screen enclosure. Yeah. Um, so that you have the proper coverage for everything. Right. Um, I'm finding that the new constructions are holding off. but and And then jewelry or artwork. Okay. Um, 
And I don't like to bombard the clients with that too much. We send them as part of their application a questionnaire, mm -hmm. and then we circle back to that because they're dealing with so much paperwork, inspections, yeah. closing, moving. And I try and give them a good 30 days, 45 days, and circle back and say, hey, did you want to discuss this? Uh, sometimes we transfer a policy that they had from elsewhere. Uh, and then we go into the liability, if they want additional liability, or if they have a business at home. Right, which is becoming a huge thing. Very now. common. Yeah, it is a lot to navigate. And, and the, again, this portion of it can seem overwhelming to people whenever, especially first-time homebuyers who get very nervous about this. But that's what you're here for, and that's what I'm here for, to kind of help navigate all of mm -hmm. this. Now, I know the answer to this. New home construction typically has significantly less homeowner's insurance costs, premiums, yes. than homes that are a little bit older. Can we talk a little, do a little bit of an update from our last video about the differences between new homes and older homes? With new homes, most of the, uh, the risk falls back on the builder. Mm -hmm. And the insurance companies know this, so they want to give as much of a discount to that homeowners as possible. Just to give you an idea, <clears throat> excuse me, I did a quote for, it was a $700,000 home for, it was $1,800. Oh, yeah. So the difference, and then that same home, an older home, uh, 1970 could be about 4,500 mm -hmm. because it's lost all its warranty that the builder's providing them. Right. So that's what the big difference is. Right. Um, you also don't necessarily have the same discounts for wind damage and hurricane correct. shutters. Different and, windows. And things like that. Different windows are mm -hmm. huge. But it's always hard because those older homes tend to be in locations that people want. So again, something to consider and to talk to Maria about early mm -hmm. on in the process yes. and figure out what your monthly budget is. Is your monthly budget $100 for homeowner's insurance or can you afford $500 mm -hmm. a month for mm -hmm. homeowner's insurance? That really goes a long way in figuring out what type of house will be best for you. Mm -hmm. And one thing to keep in mind is to start the insurance process as soon as you have an address. Mm -hmm. Because this way, it will help the process along. Um, we could, You can email me or we could speak today and it could take days, it could take four or five days before you ha I have all my quotes back. We do work with 35 companies, so it takes a minute to underwrite, and then a lot of times you have to make phone calls. But the sooner you start the process, um, the less the less headache and worry it is. Yeah, right, you know right off the bat. So if we could wrap this up for everybody, so taking what we learned from this year and what we know is gonna happen next year, our general takeaway is we're gonna understand the new flood methodology better. Okay, moving uh, into 2022. Right, because the underwriters, a lot of the underwriters that are helping us with this are still working from home. And a lot of them have gone back to working from home. And it's a learning process because the changes are huge. But like I said, I've seen some policies go down to $300. So I'm hoping that the premiums will level out. Okay. Uh, I did see a, a very large increase, and it was a noticeable one to the point that I remember calling you in the yeah. summer being like, what is going on with this person's quote? Mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. It wasn't that old of a house. It seemed very, very high. Yep. So Because of the reinsurance companies that have decided to stay to insure the insurance companies, but they're charging more. Yeah, we talked about the insurance for the insurance companies in our last video. It's a very complicated It's very complicated, concept. and the thought, like, why is this insurance company? So if it's depending on how many catastrophic events, 
that company is going to run out of money. So this one has to come in and help them. Yeah, it just it, it becomes almost mind-boggling to think of so, that. So for anyone who bought in 2021, what should they do when their policy is coming up for renewal in 2022? Should we shop it again? I would call your agent, have a review with them. Okay. And then if you've added anything to the house or taken away anything, that's something that you need a review. And don't wait for your agent to call you because it's... That's just right. And remember, most of the time it's your close date. So that's when your policy started. So if you bought in 2021, yes. you're going to be up for renewal. So call a month before you month. remember closing on your house. You'll get the renewal policy 45 days prior. Okay. And you always get it before I even see it. Okay. So when you get that in the mail, pay attention to it and call. And Send an email and say, hey, Maria, yeah. I need a review. I'd like a review. Right. Um, we're trying to track as many as we can for the increases and we're shopping them. Mm -hmm. We've been not able to help a lot of people because all the other companies took rate increases also. Right, right. And we can't move everybody to citizens because of their rules in place, but we're trying. That's all we can do. We're trying. Right. So, and then the roofs, obviously, mm -hmm, the that's roofs. going to unfold a little bit more as we mm -hmm. move forward. If you're thinking about selling your house in 2022, um, we really need to have a conversation very early on in the process about the age of your roof and uh, what you want to do as far as replacing it, which again, I know seems ridiculous if there's nothing wrong with it, um, or getting the letter from a roof certification, roof certification um, to show that it does have that life mm -hmm. that lifespan left. And the work at home endorsements oh, at home. to your policy, if that's something, if, you're, if you've started a business in a, in a detached or in your home, you need to just check in and discuss it with your agent. And 2022, you know, Tampa Bay is growing. I'm hoping for good things and uh, we're, we're gonna muddle through. So I have a lot of people that watch this from around the country or other countries. What is it that you, would, that you want them to know about Florida insurance specifically? Most states bundle. Bundle, okay. They bundle the home and auto. We have one company that does it but their premiums for the homeowners tends to be very high. Okay, so we don't bundle in Florida. Well, it's too hot here to bundle in <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing, and most people are used to paying $400 a year for a million dollars coverage, and I just had somebody from Ohio say, she told me, I pay a million, $400 for a million dollars. Florida's not like that, because we have different threats than Ohio does, mm -hmm. or, um, other states. Right. So coming in, uh, know that the insurance, and most people nowadays, you know, with the magic of internet, they do their homework. So they, they have an idea. A lot of them are shell-shocked, but that's our reality. I, you know, it's right. just part of living here. Well, our we, taxes are better. Our taxes are lower, <laughs> but our insurance is higher. Yes. Hopefully, the tax benefit outweighs the insurance increase yes. that most people have. And around the country, there's a lot of other states with high insurance rates as well. So mm -hmm. I talked to certain people that are not surprised They're at not. all. And then I talked to other people who, especially in the Midwest and in those areas, who are very surprised mm -hmm. at, our, at our insurance rates. So car insurance, homeowners insurance, obviously flood insurance, all of it will most likely be higher here. If, if you're in Hillsborough and Pinellas, it depends on the county. Yeah. Auto insurance is a little less in Pasco County. I'm sure Orlando that'll change. County. Maybe that'll be a change Maybe in 2022. Because there's so many people moving there. <laughs> but yes, uh, they could expect it to be more. Okay. Definitely.
So I don't know about you guys, but my biggest takeaway was uh, call Maria whenever you're thinking about moving to Florida because <laughs> insurance is, is a tricky thing. But we're happy to have had you here to provide some information for people so they at least know yep. a little bit more as they begin the process of getting here to Florida. Thank you. So you're very welcome. Thank mm -hmm. you for all of the work that you do for me and my clients. She is my own personal insurance agent as well. And I will say, I, I think you reduced my homeowner's insurance Maybe not last year, but the year before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's because she reshopped it. And I didn't even know she was going to do that. I just was told. We try and stay. We try with everyone. We're I consumers know. too, so we don't like to pay what we don't need to pay. Right. Well, her information will be in the details of this video, so feel free to reach out to her. Just not everybody at one time, please. <laughs> um, even though she's offered that up several times during this interview. <laughs> um, but thank you guys all so much for watching. We look forward to navigating 2022 with all of you. You've been listening to the Melanie Loves Tampa Bay podcast experience. Thank you for your support. Consider subscribing if you want to learn about real estate, homeownership, or living in the Tampa Bay area. You can also follow me on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Links are in my show notes. Or visit my website, MelanieLovesTampaBay.com. See you in the next episode. With love, Melanie.